Paranormal Radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This episode of the Paracast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash Paracast. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Paracast. And now, on with the show. Chris O'Brien is the co-host again this week. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're definitely 100,000% of the Paracast. And we have a really unusual special guest. Not that he's an unusual person. He's a very accomplished person, but he doesn't do radio. He's Dr. Frank Salisbury, and he'll join us later in the show. But right now, let's just talk about loads of other things. Now, as some of you know, who've been following the discussions in the Paracast forums there's been this ongoing brouhaha involving a woman from New Zealand who goes by the name of Emma Woods. I say goes by because that's not her real name. And Dr. David Jacobs, a fellow from the Philadelphia area who is a history professor, but well known as a UFO abduction researcher. Now, Emma Woods has been making claims that during the treatment or the session she had on the phone from New Zealand to Pennsylvania, he abused her in some fashion. Now, there's an article in UFO magazine by a character named Jeremy Vaney, who has been on the show in the past. He did a radio show with Jeff Ritzman called Paratopia. And he basically takes the point of view that David Jacobs is the villain. She's the victim. And it gets to be pretty crazy. As a matter of fact, our friend Jim Mosley in his latest issue of Saucer Smears can be talking about it using the reference about sex and saucers. And the reason he mentions that is because there's an alleged request from Dr. Jacobs to get the panties. This is what the article says. Panties from Emma Woods so we could see if there's alien semen in them. Yikes. Talk about weird. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. I'm not going to sniff that one either. Oh, I think the sensors are listening. We have the seven-second delay. And after this episode, <laughs> maybe after this discussion, it will become a 400-second delay because they can't stop us. We are incorrigible. Now, I don't know. Is something smells fishy about this one. I don't know. I don't know what is going on with Dr. David Jacobs. He's been on the show. He's been a gentleman. I don't know that I support his methods. He does hypnotic regression to unearth supposed hidden memories of UFO abductions, which is very controversial. In fact, a lot of therapists don't believe that regression can be used for that. Kevin Randall, one of our other guests who's been on the show occasionally, he's a longtime UFO researcher who does not support regression therapy. I kind of think in the end that David Jacobs got in over his head and should never have gotten involved. This doesn't mean that he's innocent of any wrongdoing here. You know, I don't know whether he facilitated any of her perceptions or what. When you have this he said, she said situation, you know, you never know what's true, what isn't. It's so unfortunate because nothing in this incident helps us figure out what is going on, what the solution to the UFO mystery is, what's the source of UFO abductions, nothing. It's just a lot of sensationalism, don't you think so? It's rather tawdry. That's a good phrase. <laughs> well, I'm not going to touch that one there, Gene. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Vaney's take is. And uh, 
I always look forward to Jim Mosley's take on controversial subjects. You know he's going to uh, be mining uh, the lowest common denominator on that one. So uh, inquiring minds, uh, stay tuned. Well, of course, you know, the sex and saucers thing goes back to Jim Mosley and the late Gray Barker. You know, they used to always talk about that, always look for sexual inferences. You know, usually it was just a contactee who maybe was in touch with an attractive member of the opposite sex. And you wondered if there were more things going on there. Hmm. Yeah, I did have a case like that, I must admit, Gene. Do she tell. was in love. She was Do in love with her abductor and... She especially liked uh, some of the outfits that he would wear, including the gold lame cape that she said reminded her of Elvis, but not so tacky. Now, this wasn't a case of the Stockholm Syndrome coming back to, as they say, <laughs> you know, coming back to root there or something like that. Uh, no, no, this wasn't. This is actually a, a pretty uh, darn interesting case, very, pretty well documented, referred to me by the sheriff's office, so... It wasn't the chickens coming home to roost. No, but they sure uh, were interested in her and now her daughter and prior to that, uh, her mother. So we have a three-generation case that uh, also features interest in farm animals. Um, she does. Please don't even start. Don't start with the farm animals, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just telling it like it is. They seem to like uh, her horse, so... What can I tell you? He did it. He did it, ladies and gentlemen. Let me hide my head in shame because I never heard anything like that. I'm a nice Jewish boy from Brooklyn. What do I know from farm boys and farm girls and what goes on behind the barn? (laughs) Okay, well, moving right along. You were in Utah again? I was. I just got back from a a wonderful trip to Utah to visit um, a recent guest, Ron Regeer, and... Uh, was taken. He was so sweet. He met us halfway. He had to drive two hours to uh, to our meeting spot, and uh, we meandered our way up towards Moab. He showed us some very interesting petroglyph sites. Uh, Ron is a bit of an expert in interpreting petroglyphs. He's writing a book on or a dictionary, basically, uh, that in, attempts to interpret petroglyphs. He's been working on it quite a while. And one of the places I really was interested in seeing is uh, the Sago Canyon area, which is north of I-70, kind of near the Green River, and at the top of Sago Canyon is the southernmost uh, point of the Uinta Indian Reservation, where rumor has it quite a bit of UFO activity has been going on this past uh, few months, so I wanted to go up there and check it out myself. At the mouth of the canyon is a set of petroglyphs that are very, uh, just jaw-droppingly gorgeous and amazing. I've included photographs on uh, the forum at theparacast.com, and it's just astounding, the artistic abilities of ancient man. Some of these petroglyphs, there's layers of them. Some of them may be as old as 9,000 years old. Had a great trip, took a lot of pictures. Didn't see anything flitting about in the sky, but, boy, I needed to get away and you know get a little bit of downtime. I was able to do some fossil hunting and other things on my way back, and uh, I'm back and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to rock. And ready to roll. In, in, indeed. Okay, well, speaking of rocking and rolling, we have a guest today that it's really a special occasion because this is the kind of guy who seldom, if ever, goes on radio. He doesn't make the coast-to-coast AM circuit, for example. 
No, he doesn't. He's um, quite an esteemed scientist, many years taught uh, at, I think, Utah, uh, up at Utah University. Uh, I think it was at Colorado State University. He has a PhD. Uh, he's worked uh, on some very interesting projects with plant biology. He did experiments aboard the Mir space station he designed. Uh, he also wrote one of my favorite books on a wave of UFO activity, which came out in 1974, was very instrumental in my thinking early on, called The Utah UFO Display, which covered a, a series of uh, events and waves of activity in the Uinta Basin of Utah. Um, of course, uh, the Sherman Ranch would be right in the middle of that particular area. And from 76 through 74, or, or excuse me, 66 uh, through 1974, he and uh, fellow researcher Junior Hicks did an exhaustive scientific examination and, uh, and you know, logged uh, quite a number of UFO events and uh, we're able to come up with some pretty interesting conclusions, which we'll talk about. Now, one thing I've noticed looking at the background of Dr. Salisbury, and I heard of him, I remember the book. He was also a scientific advisor for the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. That was Major Donald Kehoe's organization. Maybe he has, and we're not promising this, ladies and gentlemen, maybe he has remembrances of Major Kehoe. Be interesting to hear. Hey, Dr. Frank Salisbury coming up next. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. As you know, The Paracast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks. With more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers, for listeners of The Paracast, Audible.com is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One book to consider, for example, is Above Top Secret, The Worldwide UFO Cover-Up by Timothy Good. Timothy Good, as you know, has been a guest on on the Paracast. Yet another book worth considering from Audible.com is Lies and Deception, UFOs and the Secret Agenda. From Timothy Good once again, and also from our old friend Nick Pope. As you know, Nick Pope has also been on the Paracast. This is another book that you're definitely going to want to check out. For this book or another free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash paracast. That's audiblepodcast.com slash paracast. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years, hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. 
Before you throw away your used batteries, you need to listen to this. Now, going green can save money. Go green and save money by giving life to your used batteries by charging them with the Renaissance Charger. The Renaissance Charger uses a new revolutionary battery charging technology that effectively extends the life of new batteries and gives new life to used batteries. Invented by legendary audio genius John Bedini, this unique and patented charging system rejuvenates the electrochemical plate structure in the battery without additives, increasing capacity and maintaining cell integrity. Renaissance Charge offers a full line of products made in the USA for all types and sizes of batteries. Find out why our customers tell us the Renaissance Charger is the only battery charger they will ever use. Save your money. Save the environment. Visit us online at r-charge.com. That's r-charge.com. Or call us at 208-772-4514. That's 208-772-4514. Be a part of the revolution today. You may not be thinking of lead and brass as precious metal investments. And you may not be thinking about ammo when we say battery station. But you should, because Battery Station has a large inventory of the most popular calibers. Just go to BatteryStation.com and click on Ammunition. There, you'll see where Second Amendment patriots invest in precious metals for 380, 9mm, 40 cal, 45 ACP, 38 special, 357 magnum, 223, 30-06, 308, and more. Be sure to look for the October GCN specials in blue boxes, too, at BatteryStation.com. We shoot what we sell, and all Battery Station ammo is all factory. No reloads. You'll enjoy great customer service, great prices, and fast shipping. Plus, all orders over $30 will receive a free patriotic flag. So invest in gold and silver. But don't forget about investing in lead and brass, too, at BatteryStation.com. Call 417-257-7799 or go to BatteryStation.com today. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. You're in the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Dr. Frank Salisbury, who is author of UFO books, UFO investigator, a real honest-to-goodness scientist, Someone who's been a scientific advisor for both NICAP and APRO in the early days. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien. Dr. Salisbury, welcome to the Paracast. You don't do the radio show circuit, do you? No, but since I have a new book, I wouldn't mind if I did. Okay, do tell. Tell us about the book. <laughs> well, um, in July, a book was published entitled The Utah UFO Display. And it's a kind of a second edition of a book that uh, was published in 1974, which is quite a while ago, 36 years, I guess. Which I read in high school, actually, when it came out. Did you really? I did indeed. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. It's basically a matter of um, interviews with people in northeastern Utah, a, a big area called the Uinta Basin. It's about... It's surrounded by mountains with the Green River cutting through, going south, but otherwise uh, a big basin 70 miles across and, I don't know, 20 or 30 miles north and south, 70 miles east and west. And for some, at this point, still unknown reason, there was a lot of UFO activity out there in the mid-60s and going into the mid-70s. And continuing ever since, but at a somewhat uh, 
less intense level of of the usual kind of UFO sightings, the, the big object flat on the bottom with lights flashing around the edge and a dome on top and that sort of thing. Uh, on the other hand, there's a ranch out there, which a lot of people now call the Skinwalker Ranch, and there was uh, lots of activity going on there, and it went well beyond uh, just big objects in the sky and, and went to... Uh, strange creatures and little orbs flying around and portals that uh, black objects went in and out of. And uh, it's a, a very interesting situation. It's very different from the way it had been way back when I first interviewed people in the late 1960s. So it seemed like it would be a good time to update the book. I, Although I had been inactive in the field for uh, a couple of decades, beginning in about 1980, uh, mostly because I was, I saw myself losing some scientific objectivity as I began to relate uh, the whole phenomenon to my religion. But I came back, and I'm trying to be as scientific as possible. Well, that's an interesting thing too, which is. The fact of the matter is that in the UFO field, people seem to come and go. I did that. You know, I started when I was 11 years old. I read a book by Major Donald Kehoe, Flying Saucers from Outer Space. My late brother left that book, a library book, on his coffee table. I picked it up and I was hooked. So, <laughs> Incidentally, I just read that book about a month ago. I bought a... Uh, reprint uh, probably well I was going to say it was uh, just printed by Offset or something but I think somebody had to copy it because I had too many mistakes to have, have been a copy of the original anyway I did read it it was interesting published in 1950 I think Exactly. And that's interesting too I wondered you know with something like that maybe it's just a matter of the fact that the book was out of copyright so people could just reproduce it that could be I don't know but I saw an ad for it and I uh, sent in my money I guess and, and uh, it was interesting to read it to see that in, in many ways things have hardly changed since 1950 we're still uh, thinking the government has big secret files and they probably do uh, we're still thinking <laughs> I think Kehoe said uh, within the next year or two it's all going to be made public the government is going to tell us all the good <laughs> stuff they have and, and people are yeah, still it sounds like a broken that. record you know, yeah he was saying this in the 1950s yeah. and now it's 2010 and we now have a group of people called well they're in a movement called exopolitics and they are saying the same thing now, have you gotten any observations about this exopolitics movement? Do you think they're just basically broken records or what? No, I haven't. I can't really comment on it except to say that I went to the the last two MUFON annual conferences. They were both held in Denver. And uh, the, the speakers were among the Illuminati of the, of the UFO research business. And, uh, Interesting you use the word the Illuminati of the UFO research <laughs> business. Mm. I, I'd never used that before. I was pretty proud of myself. You know what? Why don't you <laughs> patent it word. so this way somebody doesn't steal it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
But anyway, a number of them uh, said, well, it won't be long until the, the government comes clean and we all know what's been going on. I mean, they, I don't know about the organization that you mentioned, but but that's uh, there's uh, many people out there that are talking that way still. Uh, and I don't know how long they'll talk that way. I guess I'm not really expecting that to happen. Um I think there's no doubt that the government has a, a great deal of information, and uh, I don't think they have rationalized it all away. I think they know that there's a very strange phenomenon going on, but I think that the very strange phenomenon is intelligent enough to, uh, I don't know how to say it, I, I want to say have control over, over what we do, but, but that sounds like... Uh, power over the mind, and I'm not sure that's the case. I think they're just, uh, the intelligence that we're dealing with is, is just uh, very intelligent and uh, able to manipulate the public and what people think. Um, it's an interesting phenomenon. Well, at the very least, it's ephemeral and is able, it's smart enough to keep a step or two, maybe three ahead of us. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that's... You know, I've, I've always said the government knows a lot more than we do. That's why they're a lot more confused than we are. <laughs> well, that answers it right it. there. That has to be the reason why the government is confused. But they're confused about so many things. And that's an interesting thing, an interesting dichotomy. And you're somebody who's been, you know, at this for such a long time. Do you think we even believe the government if they came out and said, you know, E.T.'s here? Assuming it's E.T. E.T.'s here. Why should we believe them? We don't believe the government. We distrust the government these days. That's basically true, except that uh, a lot of people would like to believe it. And uh, maybe on that basis they would accept it. I don't know. Um, That's religious validation. you you know yeah you, you know the the statistics that something like usually hovering around 50% of the population uh, uh says they believe in ufo's i hate that phrase because it has implications that uh i don't like it of blind faith i guess and and also uh, nuts and bolts spacecraft from other worlds so those those two things are implied when they say uh I believe. I'll tell you what, I believe that we have to break for an announcement here from our benefactors. Yes, thank you, Dr. Frank Salisbury, joining us, the co-host Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Okay, neighbors, here's the problem. Face-to-face business meetings with clients and colleagues are always going to be important. But business travel is a hassle, and it's often a complete waste of money. Well, here's a solution for you. Do more. Travel less with GoToMeeting. GoToMeeting is an award-winning online meeting service brought to you by Citrix. With just a click, host sales presentations, training sessions, or product demos right from your own desk. Avoid the hassle of traveling and still exceed your sales goals. Plus, GoToMeeting is just $49 a month for unlimited online meetings. Plus, voice over IP and phone conferencing is included. My listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 45 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com slash podcast. Once again, GoToMeeting free for 45 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com slash podcast. 
podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at crossbreedholsters.com. Don't forget, crossbreedholsters.com. Go solar for cheap. Want to use solar power but the price is too high? Now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200 at 123cheapsolar.com. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch the step-by-step videos that even non-handyman types can use. We offer a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to 123cheapsolar.com or call 800-713-0486. 800-713-0486. Reduce your foreign oil dependency when you go green with 123cheapsolar.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $209, and the Berkey guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Question, what would you rather drink, acidic water which burns holes in your body and causes loss of bone mass, or alkaline water which promotes high energy and vibrant health? The answer is clear. And if you're drinking acidic water, you're helping cancer cells and bacteria to grow out of control. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals. Using Plasma pH Drops is the best way to alkalize your water and help you get rid of acid and regain your health and energy. Simply put 10 drops in the water you drink to raise the pH to a healthy alkaline level. Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. Disease organisms like bacteria, viruses, or cancer cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops now by going directly to AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or by calling 269-409-1776. Again, 269-409-1776. On air, online, and on demand, we are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com. You notice the rhythm with which we do that, you know. It's kind of like right. the rhythm. If you ever see the TV show Castle and you have, and it, you know. It didn't. Okay, there's a TV show on ABC, Castle. It's, it involves this guy who plays a mystery writer, and he works with this woman who's a police detective. And they have this tremendous rapport, and it apparently took 
120 auditions of actresses to find somebody who worked with a male star and had this kind of repartee and this charisma. And listen, Chris and I, you know, we've only met once and we're still doing this great kind of thing here where I say you're in and he just, you know, gets right in there and he identifies the name of the show. Dr. Frank Salisbury has not made the UFO or Paranormal Radio Show circuit, although, of course, he's come out with a new edition of his book, so now he has to do it. He's forced into it. Now, in the early days, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, when you're getting involved in this thing, at that particular point in time, scientists, even now, scientists couldn't possibly take UFO research seriously, but you became an advisor for NICAP and also for APRO. How did you get involved with that? The way I got involved was through a term paper that I wrote at Caltech. Uh, I graduated with my Ph.D. in uh, 1954, technically 55, because they didn't uh, have a graduation at the end of August. I was taking a minor in geochemistry, and we had to write term papers each quarter. That's all we had to do. We didn't take any tests. Uh, and uh, The quarter concerned the uh, solar system and the Earth from a broad standpoint before we got down to earthquakes and coal deposits and things like that. And, and so I decided to write about life on Mars. And that became a hobby. And, and uh, eventually I wrote a, an article entitled Martian Biology that was published in Science Magazine, even with the cover photos of Mars and uh, the whole works. Uh, everything in it, incidentally, turned out to be wrong after we uh, got the mariners and things like that, where we really got the facts about Mars. But I got a, a letter and a copy of Coral Lorenzen's book, and I read it and thought, and that was uh, 1962, and I thought, hey, maybe there's something going on here with these UFOs, and I was hooked from then till, like I say, about the... 19, uh, right around 1980 when I had successfully backed off a bit. I did write a forward to a UFO book in 1993, I think it was. But otherwise, uh, backed off until about uh, 2000 when Tom Tullian came and uh, interviewed me on uh, for a Project Sign oral history type thing. This is an interesting thing I want to bring up here. Coral Lorenzen, Jim and Coral Lorenzen, ran this organization, the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. I had run-ins with Coral Lorenzen. We didn't get along. I don't want to go into the answers why. She was a crusty woman, very, you know, yeah, hard-nosed kind of lady. Yeah. Right. But maybe yeah. that's what we needed for the UFO field. Now, that's an interesting dichotomy here. You were associated with... NICAP, which was the organization that Major Donald Kehoe was involved in, but after Kehoe left, right? Uh, right. I, I was, as I just related, um, I got into the field via Coral Lorenzen, and very soon, of course, her husband, Jim, and uh, there was a bit of uh, competition, to put it nicely, between APRO and NICAP, and so I didn't have a lot to do with NICAP. I was on APRO's side. Until I went to Washington, D.C. as a uh, technical, I can't think of the title, but for the Atomic Energy Commission, I replaced a man who uh, went on sabbatical for a year, and I thought it would be an interesting experience, and I did. And, and there I was 
contacted by Jack Acuff, who had just bought what was left of NICAP. And uh, we became friends, and uh, I was on a couple of radio shows of his, and and uh, and then eventually this this TV show with uh, Donald Kehoe, hosted by Martin and Rowan. And on the day that Nixon resigned, it was a, an interesting time to be in a TV station. Nobody gave a hoot about us or what we had to say. They they were running around waiting for the official announcement from Nixon. <laughs> let me give everybody the story. You know, let me give everybody the story before we go back to this. Let me just kind of interrupt. My story about the Watergate era, that my first wife and I spent the night at my uncle's condo at the Watergate complex in the 1970s. A week later, the Watergate burglary occurred. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so basically doing a UFO show with that political hot potato occurring, nobody paid attention. Nobody paid any attention. But interestingly enough, uh, the Atomic Energy Commission, located out in Germantown, about 25 miles out of the center of Washington, uh, recorded it for me. I've, I've never played it back. I've got it sitting on a tape, you know, and I probably never will now. Cause you probably need a machine now to play it because that's, those machines are obsolete. Right. That's right. But anyway, the, the point is um, the Atomic Energy Commission... People didn't call me crazy. And uh, that brings up another point. I, I got into NASA funding for our research uh, very early, 1960, very, very shortly after NASA was organized. I was told that uh, we were one of uh, three projects in biology, the first ones that were funded by NASA. And... Uh, so there were meetings and committees and all kinds of things. And uh, when it became known that that I was interested in UFOs, they'd ask me to talk about it, and I would. I, I gave uh, many talks. I, I just was reviewing my meetings and trips files, and it was amazing to me how many uh, talks I had given. And they were always... Uh, positively received, uh, mostly, I think, because I really worked hard at being objective and and not sounding like a, a nut, and uh, uh, it was just kind of entertainment for the, the meeting, you know, of, uh, something to do when we're through with the deliberations of the day. <laughs> but uh, So the basically, is, you uh, were basically the comedy relief. Yeah, only people didn't laugh. They, they took it seriously. They, they considered, hey, maybe there is something going on out there, but it's not our field, and we'll go on doing what we're doing. And But it's nice to hear the, the story from this guy that's involved. You know, that, that was sort of the attitude that I picked up. Now, that's if an interesting correct. thing about attitude here. Now, in the early days, scientists didn't become involved in UFO investigation. You know, this was not a real thing. Of course, we have exceptions, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, investigated UFO cases, but he debunked them. So a serious scientist, you're a biologist, you know, what are you doing getting involved in this crazy quilt work of non-scientific investigation? How were you treated? Yeah, well, that's it. And uh, I was trying to treat it scientifically. There was a correlation at that time 
with the distance to Mars and the number of sightings, the closer Mars got, the more sightings. And was that pure psychology or was it somebody coming from Mars? I think that was the implication at the time. Um, and there were other things. There was Amy Michel over in France who uh, uh, found that sightings on a given night seemed to fall right along a, a great circle of the Earth's surface. I'll tell you what I want to talk and, about, uh, Amy Michel, because he's one of those lost figures in UFO history. He had a book out called Flying Saucers and the Straight Line Mystery, right? That's right. He's I remember, and we have Dr. Frank Salisbury, and we'll talk about who Amy Michelle was and what the straight line mystery signified, if anything, as we progress here. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Fate Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Hi, this is Tamar from Namecheap. We're a domain name and web hosting company, and we really care about our customers. With domain name purchases, Namecheap offers free SSL and free WhoisGuard for a year to protect your identity from spammers. Most importantly, we care about you. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at radio.namecheap.com, radio.namecheap.com for web hosting and domain name specials. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Namecheap or become a fan of ours on Facebook at facebook.com slash Namecheap. See you online. If you owe the IRS money you can't pay, then listen carefully, because you already know that the problem won't go away by itself. You can get help today from the leading tax expert in the country, Dan Pilla. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. The IRS isn't going to just forget about you. Right now, the IRS is hiring thousands of tax collectors to go after delinquent accounts just like yours. That's why you need to take action today, and I can help. I take a simple but proven approach to solving your tax debt problem. First, I stabilize collections so you don't have to worry about wage and bank levies. Next, I build a detailed plan to get your debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even eliminated. Finally, I work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. So call now for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. Dan Pilla will solve your tax problem guaranteed. He's helped thousands of people and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Alex told you the government announced recently that the recession is over. It ended on June of 2009. The millions of Americans unable to find work might not agree. Perhaps the recession ended for the bankers and government employees, but for the rest of us, things seem to be getting worse. Gold and silver haven't heard the news either. They've begun their long-expected journey to the moon. In addition to converting your shrinking dollars into gold and silver, you should consider a food savings account from eFoods Direct. They both make fabulous investments. 
Food is our greatest dependency, and we know it will be more precious than any financial resource. You and your family need food to survive a crisis, and you can't eat paper, stocks, or metals. Alex has been urging you to invest in delicious, easy-fix meals to enjoy now or save for long term. This will freeze the cost of your food while you can still afford it. Visit eFoodsDirect.com on the Internet or call 800-409-5633. That's eFoodsDirect.com or 800-409-5633. Hurricanes, ice storms, blackouts, and the prospect of civil unrest. When the unexpected happens, will you be ready? Hundreds of concerned citizens across America have already installed wind generators to help protect their families in the event of a disaster. So act now and build your own wind generator with an easy-to-assemble kit from windbluepower.com. Wind Blue Power carries the best battery charging wind generators and permanent magnet alternators in the country. Our 12-volt wind generator kits are also great for small cabins and campers. And all Wind Blue Power kits qualify for a 30% tax credit. So get your discount now. Go to windbluepower.com today and enter coupon code RADIO for 5% off or simply call 800-976-0026. 800 0026. Protect your family's emergency energy needs now at windbluepower.com. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. The rare appearance by Dr. Frank Salisbury, who, after listening to this episode, this show, will never go on radio ever again, I think. (laughs) That's right. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. And one of the things you mentioned here was this theory about some kind of way to catalog UFO sightings and find consistency. So we have Amy Michelle writes this book. He's a French astronomer, is it? Or a mathematician? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what he was, except that he was very bright, and he was a dwarf. His uh, legs were short. He stood about four and a half feet tall, maybe at the most. Um, I have a picture of him in my book that I took when he came through Utah and, and visited me in 1972, I think. And and I visited him in Paris uh, the first time in about 19. 19- 62, and uh, we communicated a bit. Uh, Jacques Vallée has, uh, he's a big name in the UFO business, and uh, uh, he was very close to Amy Michel. I've been reading a couple of his diary-type books, and he uh, mentions Amy over and over. You know, it's interesting here, parenthetically, by the way, Jacques Fillet is going to be on the PowerCast real soon. We're going to remember, and Chris, make a note of this, please. We're going to remember to ask him about Amy Michelle. Okay, so let's talk about the theory in more detail here. How did he arrive at this material that formed the basis of this book, Flying Saucers and the Straight Line Mystery? We collected a bunch of cases and, and tried to analyze them, uh, see if they formed a pattern, and and he uh, decided that they did. I, I've heard... Uh, uh, some debunking of it, so I don't know what to make of it at this stage. But uh, 
at the time it was uh, it was quite impressive and it maybe is still quite impressive i don't know whether the debunkers know what they're talking about or not incidentally uh, i spent a week before last with uh, jacques valet over in the uinta basin interviewing some more people uh, he wanted to keep a kind of a low profile but if he's going to be on your show it can't be a very low profile we will definitely uh, ask uh, Dr. Valet about that and his uh, continuing interest in the Uinta Basin, uh, most spe- specifically the Sherman Ranch. Yeah, which he won't tell you much about because he signed non-disclosure statements with uh, Bob Bigelow. Oh. And uh, uh, he and I, of course, we talked about it quite a bit, but he would not, uh, he was being... Uh, loyal or showing integrity to the thing he had signed so uh, he didn't give away anything but that's alright uh, we talked about a lot of interesting things well we'd like to hear more about those interesting things uh, what, what, what are your feelings about the Uinta Basin why do you feel that it is it seems to be a a ground zero, sort of a hot spot area for this, uh, for these aerial object sightings, and and now, you know, with the release of Hunt for the Skinwalker, apparently uh, strange creature sightings, uh, cryptozoological type entities. Um, I personally was, the, I think, the first nationally known uh, investigator to visit Terry and Gwen Sherman uh, prior to. Uh, the intense media that uh, came out after the Zach Van Echo articles back in 96. But why do you think the Uinta Basin is such a hotbed of activity? Your book is filled with with 70, 80 uh, very good reports of uh, unusual object sightings. Yeah. Back then, and uh, Junior now has uh, over 400. Um, that's a tough question in a way. I, I think the... Uh, Unibasin really is a hotbed, typical of other hotbeds around the world. Uh, but I also think there's a, a strong effect of good old Joseph Jr. Hicks, who was a, a science teacher in the, I think it was a junior high school in, uh, in the basin. And uh, he got the reputation of being the local UFO expert. And uh, so people came to him and gave him their stories. And that could be what's lacking in other places, uh, nobody to report to, other than authorities who brush it off and ignore it and, as a rule and don't know what to do about it. And uh, all Junior knew to do about it was interview them and let them make drawings and, and just collect data. And that's what he did and, and does. <laughs> He's the same age I am, and that's pretty old. We're 84 and he's still doing electrical work for people. I'm uh, sitting around trying to write an occasional book. Isn't it interesting, but, though, uh, that nowadays, of course, you know, I was watching a TV show the other day, Robert Wagner, of course. He is yeah. 80 years old, and he's still got the twinkle in his eye. Yeah, well, we can keep our twinkle, the twinkle at this stage. In the 80s, the um, new 60. We, uh, the, uh, there were the, Jacques Palais and Junior Hicks and I, uh, week before last, uh, went around and interviewed all we could in the course of four days, which it turned out to not be very many. 
partly because uh, they wouldn't be available. Some of the ones that uh, Junior wanted to have us meet, and uh, they weren't available just because they didn't answer the phone. They were out of the basin or something, not because they didn't want to be interviewed. But we did have a number of interviews, and, and they were very interesting. Uh, I... Um, one question I had in my mind is uh, some of those people back then that uh, had those spectacular sightings in the early 70s, what are they doing now? And have they had a lot of sightings since? And we visited two of them, Leland Meekham and Joanne Harris. And uh, it was interesting to me that they, they said no. That, uh, the sighting they had then was the first time they had had such an experience in the last. And that's not particularly typical. There are a lot of people around the country and the world who uh, uh, see them repeatedly. And now, I don't know exactly what I wanted to ask you about means. that. I wanted to ask you about that, Dr. Salisbury. And that is, of course, do people who see UFOs, are they largely people who see them over and over again? Has there been any surveys done as to how many people have it happened to them one time, which may be too many times in some cases, and other people just keep seeing them? Uh, no, I, I don't know about surveys, um, but that's surely my impression. I, I gave a little talk to the local MUFON group uh, last Saturday, and, and there was a guy there who uh, sees them all the time, and has been abducted several times and so on. And I don't know what to make of those kind of stories, for sure. Uh, I kind of shy away from the abductions because uh, because I don't know what to do about it. But here were these two cases, and uh, they were spectacular cases. Joanne Harris was the one that was, uh, and she doesn't like to be called Harris. She, her name now is Luby, or Lube. L-U-B-E, and uh, uh, she had a, a large Indian woman in the front seat and four Indian girls in the back seat heading down to Randallette to take them home after a volleyball game in Roosevelt, and they see this light below the horizon, uh, funny star if it's below the horizon, and it comes toward them. Each time the light comes on, it's stationary, and then it goes off, and the next time it comes on, it's much closer. And eventually, it's filling the windshield, uh, huge, 50 feet away, 100 feet away, big as the church at Ranelette, she said. That uh, were her words to wow. try and describe it. And the four Indian girls on the floor of the back seat screaming and trying to um, all get on the floor. <laughs> the large Indian woman in the front seat is under the glove compartment, which has always been a mystery as to how she managed that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Joanna's backing up down the road to get away from it, and it's right there. She even has a instantaneous thought that uh, maybe there's some Air Force guys up there in that dome laughing at me right now. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll talk about the Air Force guys. We'll talk about all sorts of other stuff. We have Dr. Frank Salisbury, a scientist, UFO researcher. We're covering an awful lot of ground, a lot more ground to cover. If you have something to say about the show, we want to hear from you. 
Send your messages to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. Or visit our forums, forum.paracast.com. That's forum.paracast.com. Just sign up, give yourself a unique username, and get in on the fun. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We return. Dr. Frank Salisbury is the guest. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. Gene Steinberg is the would-be codger. And I've been around forever, according to Brad Steiger. You're in the Paracast. Dr. Salisbury... You know, you look at all this, all these cases that you've been involved in. Now, early on, a lot of people, a lot of scientists who got involved in UFO research, and we'll make Jacques Vallée kind of an exception here, took the position that UFOs meant the arrival of E.T. on our planet. Is that your particular position? Oh, I suppose that was the, uh, the popular position. And so I, as I was getting into the field learning about it, well, of course, I thought about it in, in those terms. But by the time my book was published in, in 1974, uh, relating these cases in the Uinta Basin and many other cases from all over the world, I had uh, pretty much rejected the nuts and bolts hypothesis, um, as we like to call it. And it was, well, there there are two arguments against it. And one is they can't get here from there. And the other is when they get here, they should be saying, take me to your leader. And, uh, of course, uh, there are answers to both of those. So I don't reject it on on that basis. I reject it on the basis, uh, two bases maybe. And one is the incredible variety and just sheer numbers. And the other is the strangeness. Uh, sure, we don't know what they would do for sure because we, we can't uh, discern the, the motives of an extraterrestrial intelligence, but it's just really hard to believe that they would do many of the things that are reported. And, and so the gut feeling, and, and that's where you end up with so much of this stuff. Uh, the gut feeling is... Uh, 
it goes deeper than uh, flying here in, in rocket ships from Alpha Centauri or something. This gets to be a really wider area of intrigue here. Now, do you follow the theories of Dr. Jacques Vallée in books such as Messengers of Deception or what? I, uh, I have a lot in common with him. He's a, a sort of an idol. I, I like to point out that uh, I arrived at the conclusions uh, independent of him, at least to an extent. I read his uh, passport to Magonia way back then and, and a couple of others, but uh, I do, and, and uh, it's uh, pretty much the same reason. He, it's the strangeness and the number, and, and he is uh, very deeply into uh, studies of the paranormal, hoping to find some kind of answer there, and as far as I know, never really quite finding it. Uh, but the basic philosophy was, uh, let's not be afraid to, to take a look at whatever the answer, wherever the answer could be. And uh, so in the part of his diary that I'm reading right now, his published diary, Forbidden Science, Volume 2, He's talking about visits to, uh, I think, Anton LaVey, who was the, the founder of the Church of Satan. And uh, that's probably pushing it a little farther than I would have gone, but, but he had a lot to say about uh, this man and his approach, and I don't think he ever managed quite to relate it to the UFO phenomenon, but it's an illustration of uh, what he was willing to do to try and find answers. And, of course, Heineck, um, he started out debunking, but he ended up uh, anything but debunking. And, and I, I quote in my book uh, a speech that he gave um, at the UFO Congre Congress in 1978, I believe it was, 77 maybe. And uh, he talks there about how the it just has to involve the paranormal and uh, so on. Um, and I copied the speech off of uh, Wikipedia, although I have the book and it's in there, and I checked to see that it was there, but it's on Wikipedia too. And uh, so that's what's happened to some of us. And, and of course, Jacques Vallée and Heineck were very close. Heineck, uh, Jacques got his. Uh, Ph.D. under Heineck at Northwestern University, and to a great extent because of the interest in UFOs. I think the uh, Ph.D. is in, uh, must be in astronomy, because Heineck was an astronomer. He, he Valet got an earlier degree, and he can straighten all, all this out when he talks with you, but uh, he's a computer specialist, was during those years especially, and drifted away from astronomy as such. Chris, why don't you pick up on this? Well, it's interesting that you should mention that uh, Valet, uh, in his uh, second edition of Forbidden Science, Volume 2, should be interested enough in the uh, potential occult angle to visit someone uh, as <laughs> notorious, nefarious as uh, an Anton LaVey. Um, what are your feelings about a potential occult angle? Uh, one of our co-hosts, Nick Redfern, um, has a book out that just uh, was recently published called Final Events, 
that talks about a shadowy think tank within the Department of Defense that equates UFOs to demons here to harvest our souls. Have you ever given uh, <laughs> thought to some sort of demonic or potentially occult uh, angle to uh, the UFO phenomenon or the paranormal for that matter? Sure, I've given thought to it, but I don't know the answers. Uh, 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 demons to harvest our souls would uh, that would be pushing it a little too far for me. But uh, define demon, I don't know for sure, but uh, intelligent beings who are capable of of evil, I think part of the, the UFO phenomenon, including these events on the Skinwalker Ranch, uh, fit into a category of that type. And on the other hand, uh, there's some very uh, spiritual and positive things that have come out of it. And there's a spectrum from good to bad. But a bottom line is that uh, I, I am pushed to the idea that there is a, that we're talking about some kind of parallel universe, uh, some way to get here from something that we are unable to study in our physics so far. And uh, that's, well, the physicists are talking about that kind of thing, wormholes and portals and such, but it's getting pretty far out. Nonetheless, I think we're forced into it. Well, the wheel's been broken in ufology in terms of the nuts and bolts ETH, or the extraterrestrial hypothesis, as you mentioned at the top of the show, <laughs> rereading Keo's book from 1950 and looking at yeah. uh, where we're at and how much we've uh, progressed in our understanding uh, since 1950. Uh, the wheel's broke. It's been flying. It flew off the vehicle quite a while ago, at least in my personal view, uh, looking at the ETH, the nuts and bolts theory. What do you think of the idea of some sort of collective manifestation, uh, more of a Jungarian approach? Um, I recently wrote a book called Stalking the Tricksters that attempts to equate the, 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 the archetype within the collective unconscious of the trickster as possibly being somehow involved in manifestations of the paranormal and vis-a-vis -vis UFOs. What, what do you think of that line of thinking? I think the line of thinking is very interesting and, and uh, close to where I find myself at this point. Um, we have to mention Stan Friedman, who uh, still pushes the nuts and bolts pretty heavily. Now, that's an interesting, interesting point of view there. I'd like to maybe kind of flesh that out a little bit, but I want to tell our listeners, you can participate in discussions all about the Paracast and politics and anything that crosses your path. Go to forum.paracast.com, forum.paracast.com. To sign up, you give yourself a unique username, and within a few minutes, you can be participating. You can check out the messages. You can join the buddy lists and all the other things that we've got going on at the forums, forum.paracast.com. Otherwise, you can write us news at theparacast.com, news at theparacast.com. Our special guest, Dr. Frank Salisbury. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena 
when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. Take a minute and hear what I'm about to tell you. You might have heard about Life Change Tea on a radio commercial or a TV commercial. And you did what many people do. You tuned out. I understand. Now the facts. When health fails, you will do just about anything for better health. So why wait? Read our testimonies of better health by drinking Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. And how much does missing work cost you when you're sick? Get ahead of the sick curve. Get the tea. Here's how to order. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. TEA.com. Or you can call one of our friendly operators, 928 308 0408. That's 928 308 0408. Our tea tastes great and will help you with your health, and you can even lose weight. So, again, try us out at getthetea.com. Attention, an important product from HempUSA.org, Microplant Powder, will change your life by removing all types of positive toxins, such as heavy metals, parasites, bacteria, viruses, and fungus from the digestive tract and stomach wall so you can absorb nutrients. Microplant Powder is 89% silica and packed with a negative charge that attracts positive toxins from the blood, organs, spine, and brain. This product has the ability to rebuild cartilage and bone, which allows synovial fluid to return to the joints. Silica is a precursor to calcium, meaning the body turns silica into calcium and is great for the heart. There is no better time than now to have microplant powder on your shelf or in your storage shelter. And with an unlimited shelf life, you can store it anywhere. Call 908-691-2608 or visit hempusa.org. It's a great way to change your life. So call 908-691-2608 or visit us at hempusa.org today. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out on iTunes. We continue. Dr. Frank Salisbury is our guest. Chris O'Brien is the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. And now we're exploring, as they say, the expansion of Dr. Salisbury's exposure to the UFO mystery, talking about parallel universes and other possibilities. What about the theory, and maybe you haven't read about this, but I'll give you the basic focus, that UFOs are indigenous to Earth. Now, the late Mac Tonys, a young man, wrote a book about crypto-terrestrials, which was his name for these people. So have you looked into the possibility, you know, we also have the Shaver mystery, for example, do you at all consider the possibility that there might be another race indigenous to Earth where they're visiting us, they've been here for a long time? Maybe they are remnants of a race that came here from the stars. Oh, I know about it, but I, uh, I, the, the idea doesn't intrigue me very much. There are too many problems. Uh, we're too well familiar with the Earth's surface and what's going on in uh, unexplored areas, but not many. Uh, and, of course, uh, decades ago, there were still people who could talk about a big hole at the, up near the North Pole that uh, saucers came out of from the center of the Earth where their civilization was. And that's just, uh, we know too much now. That, that just won't work anymore, at least as far as I know. I don't know if there's still people out there pushing that view or not. Do you? As a matter of fact, you know, not so much having the hole at the North and South Poles or anything like that, but definitely, definitely something that might still exist in the center of the Earth, in the caverns, etc. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and I, I don't know. Um, my collaborator, Junior Hicks, out there in the Oilana Basin, he thinks there's an underground port um, that that they come out of and he thinks it has to do with the ranch and I just uh, I can't buy that right off my my contribution to the ranch nope. story do we have time to get into that a little bit take your time sure absolutely um, I read the book the Skinwalker book and I knew I had to talk about it in my book on, on the Utah UFO display on the, basically on the Uinta Basin uh, no way I could avoid it, and it seemed like one good thing would be to find the previous owners and ask them uh, what they had to say about it. Any one of those incredible coincidences that seemed to turn up quite a bit in this field. Uh, my wife and I are visiting another couple, and uh, she says, uh, well, my uncle had a ranch out there. And sure enough, he was the guy who had uh, lived on the ranch for 50 years, and he was d gone by now. He died in about 1975, I believe. And But his brother was much, much younger and was this woman's father. And it was his brother. Uh, much younger means 20 years or so younger. Uh, and uh, he was living half a mile away from where I live, and and I went and interviewed him, and he was the one who who sold the ranch first to 
and I don't know what the, you mentioned the name of the guy on the ranch, but I promise you I wouldn't. Yeah, well, okay, you mentioned it. Uh, I promised him I wouldn't, and I don't in my book. I'm just out of because I promised him. But uh, anyway, uh, Garth Meyer sold the ranch to him, and and then uh, two years later negotiated the sale to Bob Bigelow. And Garth Meyer says there was no activity on the ranch before Sherman, whoops, sorry, said it moved on. Um, and he says it quite convincingly. And so uh, a, a very uh, important purpose of these visits to the basin and was to uh, collect all the information I could that would relate to that. And, and uh, so far, the information I've been able to collect pretty much supports it. There are people that think there was a little activity going on, but mostly that's total hearsay. And the, uh, the guy who lives on the ranch to the east, John Garcia, he had some wonderful sightings. I talk about it in my book. And, but we pinned him down. Uh, what about your neighbor, Kenneth Myers? Did he have these kind of sightings? Well, I, I don't think so. You know, he never told me. And. And last, this last visit two weeks ago, we talked to John Garcia's son, and he had worked on, on the Myers Ranch as a teenager for quite some time, uh, well, months at a time, you know, in the summer. And, and uh, he said he got very close to uh, Kenneth Myers, and uh, he, without us asking him, said that he never told me anything about anything like that going on. And, uh, so it's kind of interesting. And then, and it, if that's true, if the uh, statement in the Skinwalker book about how the ranch has always been the center of activity in Uinta Basin, if that's false, and I think it is, um, you kind of have to consider the conclusion that... Uh, the phenomenon, whatever it is, uh, can pick a family and, and zero in on them. And that's what happened to the people who moved on to the ranch after the Myers uh, finally sold it. Well, um, one, thing, one thing that I noticed, though, Dr. Salisbury, in, in your book, I have an original uh, first printing, actually, of... Uh, uh, the you know your original first printing of your book, you have a very interesting map that plots out the number of uh, reports right. that uh, you and Junior investigated, and I do notice that there is a clustering of reports around Fort Duchesne, as well as a clustering of reports around Roosevelt. Is that because that's where the population um, is densest, or do you feel that there's something to that? There's some sort of location specific well, Junior and I correlation about that. Yeah, we uh, we talked about that, and, and I don't know if I mentioned it. I think I did in the first edition. I know I do in this one. The alternative is that it's, it's an artifact of Junior being the teacher for many of the Native American students who uh, live around the Fort Duchesne-Roosevelt area, plus the, the people. Junior's a very active Latter-day Saint, and so am I, for that matter. So a lot of people knew him. He was a stake secretary or something, and the stake is like a diocese, a bunch of wards and on. So people got to know him, and, and they would come and tell him their stories. And I think the clustering there, and he thinks so too, is, is an artifact of his connections. Uh, I tell in, in the book 
about how I came to the Unibasin the first time and went too fast in, in Duchesne, not Fort Duchesne, but Duchesne. And I uh, got a ticket, and, <laughs> and I hated to waste that, I think it was a whole $10 fine at the time. And uh, so I started asking about UFOs, and I just turned up one case after another in the course of a few hours in Duchesne, where Junior essentially had none because he had no connection there. The Vernal got a little publicity back in the mid-60s. Uh, some of those sightings were reported to the news media, and they got a little publicity. And I'll tell you and what, we'll we... get into this story in a bit more detail in just a moment. We have Dr. Frank Salisbury joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. You're in the Paracast. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Alley C. Why Alley C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Alley C has been scientifically proven in double-blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Alley C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Alley C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Alley C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Alley C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Alley C. For more information and to order Alley C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Alley C today. You may not be thinking of lead and brass as precious metal investments. And you may not be thinking about ammo when we say Battery Station. But you should, because Battery Station has a large inventory of the most popular calibers. Just go to BatteryStation.com and click on Ammunition. There, you'll see where Second Amendment patriots invest in precious metals for 380, 9mm, 40 cal, 45 ACP, 38 special, 357 magnum, 223, 30-06, 308, and more. Be sure to look for the October GCN specials in blue boxes, too, at BatteryStation.com. We shoot what we sell, and all Battery Station ammo is all factory. No reloads. You'll enjoy great customer service, great prices, and fast shipping. Plus, all orders over $30 will receive a free patriotic flag. So invest in gold and silver. But don't forget about investing in lead and brass, too, at BatteryStation.com. Call 417-257-7799 or go to BatteryStation.com today. 
Off-the-grid remedies can still be grown in your own backyard. Tap into powerful off-the-grid health care using all-natural, time-tested herbal medications that you grow yourself with the new Survival Herb Bank. Take the first preventative step against the coming socialized medical shortages with SurvivalHerbBank.com. Traditional herbal remedies have been used effectively for centuries, but the big pharmaceutical and big government cartel can't patent their natural healing powers. That's why they are trying to ban them. The Survival Herb Bank contains 20 powerful herbs, all with proven track records as off-the-grid remedies. And here's the best part. When you grow your own herbal medicines, potencies go through the roof. Learn more at survivalherbbank.com. Plus, get the ebook How to Grow Your Own Herbs for Survival Remedies, a $39 value free with every Survival Herb Bank order. Now at less than half price while supplies last at survivalherbbank.com. Or call 877-327-0365. That's 877-327-0365. Survivalherbbank.com. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You've entered another dimension. You've entered the Paracast. We have Dr. Frank Salisbury joining us for the entire show this week. I'm Gene Steinberg. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. You're in the Paracast. Dr. Salisbury, we kind of interrupted you on that story. Are you able to pick up where you left off? Yeah, I guess we were. Uh, <laughs> and interestingly enough, I'm not all that able to pick it up. But we were talking about the clustering of sightings in the Uinta Basin. And... Uh, Junior Hicks, my collaborator there, who collected the sightings originally, most of them, except the ones I collected in Duchesne when I got a speeding ticket. Do uh, tell. Down Main Street, yeah. <laughs> but that's, I think that's sort of important. And, and um, the conclusion is that, that if you looked around, you might encounter all kinds of uh, things that Junior didn't encounter just because he didn't know the people and they didn't know him. Um, I spent hours on the phone talking with uh, the guy who lived on the ranch during all the activity. And uh, he would not just talk to me directly about the sightings, and yet he clearly felt a need to uh, to talk. And, and we talked and talked and talked, and indirectly he confirmed... Uh, I shouldn't have said sightings, I should have said experiences, because uh, many of them were very strange things that uh, weren't like sightings at all. And anyway, he said that some of the neighbors had, had come and told him about similar things, and that uh, there was... Uh, a lot of activity that Junior didn't know about. Incidentally, Junior did know about a number of the things that went on at the ranch. He was doing electrical work there, and and he would come, and he saw some of the evidences of uh, what had happened. He saw the places where the dogs had been incinerated, if you're familiar with the book, and, and he saw the, the shed. It was not a trailer. It was a shed that four bulls had been uh, piled into within a very short time and explicably and I kicked the way out knocked the shed to pieces and Junior saw that 
and was told about it at the time. And, and he was told about the orbs and a number of things. And so that plus the uh, sometimes direct but mostly indirect confirmation from the witness himself uh, leads me to believe that there really were a whole bunch of strange things going on there at the ranch that were very different from the kind of, of UFO sightings that uh, Junior and I were first able to uh, investigate and, and uh, document with interviews that I recorded way back in 68. So, well, having a, quite an avid interest in, in, the, uh, in the case and having done quite a bit of research, created uh, a bit of um, inroads in, uh, in, with sources uh, from the area and other investigators who, have, uh, who, who also have an interest in the case. It seems to me that there has been an upsurge of activity um, this past year, for instance. Uh, there are rumors of interesting crypto humanoid sightings uh, right there in the middle of town even. And uh, a lot of this smacks of, of, of the paranormal, not necessarily of, of you know, your nuts and bolts, uh, ufological type phenomena. How much do you, uh, have you researched into the actual Ute uh, tradition as it relates to uh, the path of the skinwalker and some of these terms that have been sensationalized I, around I the case? I haven't had a chance to, and I don't know how I go about it, because they don't like to talk to you if you're strangers. But they talked to Junior a bit, and uh, the uh, the manifestation is this thing that we call skinwalkers, and it's that's a term that's been among the Native Americans for a long, long time, all over the country, according to Wikipedia and a couple of books that have been written. Um, Junior had not had any real contact with that sort of thing until about two years ago, I think two years ago last June. And then a couple of people reported stories of a, a wolf that would appear at the side of the road and in the headlights and, and then would stand up on its hind legs and run across the road and turn around and run back and scare the daylights of the people. And uh, now he has 16 of those kind of cases in his file, which as I've indicated, uh, would be a sampling and not by any means a, a complete story. I, so I, I, that's right. I think that the uh, these strange things have picked up an activity a lot in the last couple of years. What do you think we need to do um, as a you know as a scientific community? Let's say, um, do do you think it's appropriate for someone like a uh, Robert Bigelow to come along and clamp a lid down? on this particular location? Uh, do you feel that there's a, a public uh, right to know? Do you think he should open this up to, uh, to, the, um, you know, to interested investigators who may uh, come up with just some idea or approach that may break uh, our investigative case wide open? Do you, do you, how do you feel about the whole Bigelow scenario up there? That's another tough question. I, uh I thought I would be able to go on the ranch. I called the people who were living on the ranch. Junior gave me their number. Uh, they said, oh, we'd love to see you, you know, and that'd be great, but we have to check with Mr. Bigelow. And three hours later, I got a call <laughs> uh, saying uh, it's an inappropriate time. And uh, 
That was the mantra. I would repeat it several times. It's just not a good time. And he wouldn't even tell me where the ranch was. At that time, I didn't know for sure. Of course, I knew I could find out from Junior, but... And I did find out from Garth Myers, who was the executor of the estate that sold it to Big Lowe and to the previous owner. Um, I don't know. I, I would like to see good scientific studies, photographs and all that. But on the other hand, the publicity has generated so many people... Um, going over there to try and see flying saucers at night and all that, I can sort of understand why they, why they have, have tried to uh, clamp down on it. I don't know if that's a reason or not, but it sort of makes sense. I, we interviewed a guy last week who uh, lives in Duchesne and says he's, he goes to the ranch uh, at night uh, at least twice a week. And he's got pictures the pictures of little spots of light against the black background. I, I wasn't terribly convinced and uh, impressed with them, but uh, uh, he's sort of typical. Well, typical. He's more than typical, but there are a lot of people, and they'll drive out there from Salt Lake, which is about a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive. Um, uh, so I can kind of understand why uh, Bigelow would like to not be bothered if he's really trying to investigate the phenomenon. On the other hand, like you say, science is supposed to work that way. We're, we're supposed to communicate and um, everybody give it some thought. And that, that's, so it, that's a hard question. Don't you we think? shouldn't have gatekeepers then who say, you can have this information, you can't have it. I guess, you know, obviously you might have to have some security because you don't want everybody to flood an area where something's going on. But there have to be limits, right? Right. That's right. I, I wish that they would um, be more open about what they're doing and what's going on. And that's, that's really the important part of the way I feel about it. The other part is what I talked about too long, and that is that uh, they are indeed really bothered by people who want to come and, and see flying saucers for themselves. I also wonder, and this could be a, something we could raise in the next segment here, guys, and that is whether sometimes the presence of all the witnesses wanting to sit back and watch the UFOs go by causes the UFOs not to want to go by. We have Dr. Frank Salisbury, our guest this week. Chris O'Brien the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast 
t-shirt. Hey neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. Hurricanes, ice storms, blackouts, and the prospect of civil unrest. When the unexpected happens, will you be ready? Hundreds of concerned citizens across America have already installed wind generators to help protect their families in the event of a disaster. So act now and build your own wind generator with an easy-to-assemble kit from windbluepower.com. Wind Blue Power carries the best battery charging wind generators and permanent magnet alternators in the country. Our 12-volt wind generator kits are also great for small cabins and campers. And all Wind Blue Power kits qualify for a 30% tax credit. So get your discount now. Go to windbluepower.com today and enter coupon code RADIO for 5% off or simply call 800-976-0026. 800-976-0026. 0026. Protect your family's emergency energy needs now at windbluepower.com. Is it really possible to get out of debt without payment plans or attorneys? 18 years ago, we developed a program that has made thousands debt-free in just 90 days. It's called Zero Debt in 90 Days, and it works for all credit card debt, medical bills, even collection lawsuits. When I first joined, I was being sued, so I used the program methods... And after filing one piece of paper, the collection lawsuit was dismissed. With zero debt in 90 days, your success is guaranteed in writing. There is no other program of its kind. Don't be alone when creditors gang up on you. Let our team of experts provide the resources to fight back and stop creditors in only 90 days. Guaranteed. Prevent wage garnishments, bank levies, and stop collection calls with our proven program. Call Zero Debt in 90 Days now, 800-477-9256, and ask for free information from an expert who also completed our program. 800-477-9256 or ZeroDebtGuarantee.com 800-477-9256 or ZeroDebtGuarantee.com If the cost of your prescriptions are getting out of control, you want to listen carefully to this. RxDrugCard.com is a simple, innovative program designed to give individuals the same purchasing power as large HMOs and insurance companies. As a member of RxDrugCard.com, you'll enjoy savings of up to 80% on all prescription medications at over 52,000 USA pharmacies, including Walmart, Walgreens, and Eckerd's. Don't risk ruining your health by using cheap, counterfeit foreign drugs. This program provides savings on safe, genuine, FDA-approved Medications with low membership fees, unlimited use, no age or income requirements, and coverage for all pre-existing conditions. RxDrugCard.com is an absolute must for anyone who pays for their own prescriptions. Enroll today for as little as $4.50 per month at www.rxdrugcard.com and start saving immediately. RxDrugCard.com is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit RxDrugCard.com or call 888-216-2461. That's 888-216-2461. On air, online, and on demand. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? 
Dr. Frank Salisbury is the guest this week. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Before Chris picks up on the question, I'll ask that one of you, Dr. Salisbury, and that is, do you think there's any evidence that when lots of people pile up to see the recurring events, they stop recurring? Uh, possibly. I, uh, I guess the evidence that I see is, is kind of the opposite, and that's the reason for the title of my book, which is uh, The Utah UFO Display. It became uh, very compelling to me when we did the original interviews in the late 60s that uh, the phenomenon, the UFOs, wanted to be seen. And once they were seen, they wanted to not be believed, particularly. And uh, I think I, I would still have that, that general conclusion. Uh, they are trying to manipulate us, and, and they want... I wish I knew how to prove it and to investigate it, but they want somebody like George Adamski to um, go tell the world how there are rivers and streams and snow-capped peaks on the other side of the moon so that the world will know that he's crazy. And uh, maybe he is and maybe he isn't. Uh, we all know that there are no streams and snow-capped peaks on the other side of the moon, but was that because the the people who contacted Adamski uh, misled him, or is it uh, because he was lying and making up stories? And I don't know how to really get at that. He had some photographs, though, that were obviously fakes, so I guess I would tend toward the, he was writing a novel explanation. But he claimed to have uh, been on those spaceships and so on. And, and that complicates the whole business. That I, I do think it, it seems to be apparent that we are being manipulated. We believe what they want us to believe, and it changes over time. Jacques Vallée has talked about fairies and elves and uh, tended to put them in the same categories. And incidentally, we heard a, an elf story a week ago out in the Uinta Basin. It was a very interesting little uh, story. The elf appeared in the kid's room about 12 inches high, little humanoid thing pretty much covered with hair, and after a second or two, uh, jumped out the window. I don't know what to make of that, but... Um, well, that's not the only story of that kind that's uh, been generated up there, according to my research. Uh, okay. And I, I think on, on Indian reservations uh, throughout the Rocky Mountain region especially, uh, there are ancient uh, oral traditions relating to diminutive uh, hairy dwarves, two to three feet tall. There's a case yeah. from the early 90s in the Dulce uh, casino parking lot where the, these uh, entities were jumping uh, from car to car uh, <laughs> out there in the parking lot. This, yeah. this is something yeah. that, that I think it falls into a giggle factor. Sometimes uh, and oftentimes uh, UFO sightings have an element that is so off the scale in believability that people tend to if they are truthful in relating their experience and relate the entire experience, including the inexplicable, uh, impossible-sounding elements, uh, they tend to be disbelieved. So I think I've seen in my own uh, investigative work uh, over the 18 or so years I've been doing this that people are real reticent uh, to give the details that that seems so high strange it calls the entire account into question and uh in in your work do you have you found that have you found people that 
that uh, tend to stick to the more mundane facts about a case, and then later on, once they uh, once they get you know more familiar with you and more comfortable, then they say, "Well, there's something I didn't tell you about." That sort of thing. Uh, sort of, yeah. I th- I think that that's a, a real part of the phenomenon. I mean, what would you do? I, uh, my um, first wife's uncle and his wife and and uh, one son were flying over uh, Utah Lake on the way to Salt Lake City in in 1947, about ten days after Arnold had his sightings up around Mount Rainier. And here come this uh, formation of saucers, and they fly right under the wing. He thought maybe as close as 50 feet. He turns the plane as sharply as he can to try and follow them, and he just sees them disappear in the distance. And he tells a couple of people, and the people laugh, and that's the last time he tells it. And But it got around within the family, and, and so when I was uh, doing the research, I... My wife told me about him, and I wrote a letter, and he um, sent me an account, which is in the well, both editions of, of the book. And uh, but as you're talking, uh, the thing that seems very important and obvious to me is that that people who have these experience experiences would um, really like to be heard and be believed. I've encountered that over and over, and and. Um, a recent story of, from the Uinta Basin, a very incredible sort of a thing, namely, uh, to, just to make it much, much shorter than it really is, uh, the guy is speeding along in the in the car with his date and being pursued by the UFO, and he floors his mother's new Pontiac, which ought to go 110 miles an hour, and it'll only go 40. And... Uh, he sees the fence post going by, and a typical way they go by when he's going 40. It doesn't, he doesn't think it's an illusion. It's for real. And, and then he goes by the big yellow hill out there, which I photographed a couple of weeks ago again. And the whole thing is shining green in the middle of the night. And uh, again, he tells a few people, they laugh at him, and, and that's pretty much it. And when he talked to us, he he, he just... He expressed the idea that he was so grateful that he had someone who would listen to him and who would not make fun of of his experience. And uh, I think that's kind of typical. Has that been your experience too? Absolutely. Uh, being local in the area, I found uh, also helped immensely. And. When people, uh, word got around that there was someone who was objective, who uh, was, you know, looked looked at this stuff from a kind and gentle perspective yeah. and not uh, from a place of subjective judgmentalism. Um, I, I, reports just came out of the woodwork. And, um, you know, yeah. Ron Regeer, who's there in Utah, made a very interesting observation a number of years into my investigative work. He said, isn't it interesting that, that you should arrive and, and nothing really seems to be going on in an area. You start to do a little digging around, people find out, and all of a sudden you have flap levels of activity. His his suggestion being that 
that activity is always going on. It's the fact that somebody is there that people can trust and, and, and they know that they, I won't violate their request for anonymity. And then, boom, they open up and the floodgates open up. Yes, that has been my, yeah. my, my experience. Absolutely. Now, we were discussing that a minute ago in relation to Junior Hicks and the cases that he had. He, he was given these cases to a great extent because he was the science teacher and he was respected and he was the, the secretary of the, to the state president in the church. And between those two things, he was uh, respected enough that people were willing to tell him their stories. And I, I think that's indeed a very important part of the phenomenon. I wanted to ask you something that occurs to me as I listen to this here is that, you know, you get people to trust you and they open up and they tell you things about their experiences that may be far more wide reaching. Do you think that's one of the reasons why some people are stuck in the E.T. rut? And now I'm going to get criticisms from that statement, but they're stuck in the E.T. rut because of the fact that they're looking for one kind of answer and they're not open to the rest of the story. One size does not fit all. (laughs) Sure. I I think it's got to be the case. Uh, There was enough strangeness back when I wrote the book in 1974 that, that it led me to question the ET hypothesis uh, uh, things like old Villas Boas down in Brazil essentially being raped by a space lady <laughs> who barked like uh, an animal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, compared to now there was very little of that sort of thing enough though to make me very skeptical of the ET hypothesis I I expressed that in the first edition and, and uh in this edition, I don't just uh, kind of hint at it. I, I come out and say it. I just can't accept uh, the nuts and bolts anymore. This is something I want to talk to you about in more detail, as Chris does, as we progress during the final few segments of the show. We have Dr. Frank Salisbury making a rare radio appearance. I gather after this, he may never want to come on radio again. No, I'm kidding. But he has a new edition of his book, The Utah UFO Display, A Scientist's Report which is now available, so you'll want to order a copy. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right. Every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. 
Dr. Frank Salisbury joining us this week. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. And we're exploring all the instances of high strangeness that are disclosed when you start talking to people. Now, one thing I've noticed here is the way belief systems have altered in the UFO field over the years, and maybe we can address this. So, for example, in the early years, and I'm talking about the modern UFO era starting in 1947 with the Kenneth Arnold UFO sighting, and maybe Roswell, maybe not. We can get into that. And then the prevailing belief in the early years was that UFOs were manifestations of ET. We have people like Dr. Salisbury and John Keel and Dr. Jacques Vallée suggesting there's a lot more going on there. But nowadays, you look at the UFO field and people are back in the ET rut. Why is it moving into that cycle? All the research that's been ongoing, demonstrating it's a lot more complicated. Dr. Salisbury, why are so many people still stuck in ET land? Uh, I could say you tell me, but I think a big chunk of it is ignorance. The people are unaware of these these, uh, things that uh, are making the rest of us wonder. And another big chunk of it is um, the media. Yeah, cultural programming. Uh, the the media just uh, you know it's cartoons and it's uh, it's always the spaceship with uh, somebody getting out and, and saying take me to your leader and or you know to some punchline but always as though it were a little green man from uh, some nearby star system and it's in a spaceship. Um, well, you know uh, they want to have something simple. You know if it's a show business, yeah, show business has to be accessible and having a strange mystery where. They might be from other dimensions. It may be something that impinges on our conscious memories. Maybe we alter the experience by the mere aspect of experiencing it. All this complicated stuff, people want black or white answers. They don't want the shades of gray. I think that's about right. Well, and many, many people uh, don't want to be involved. It's just... uh, there's things I don't want to be involved in because they're too time-consuming. They're interesting. I would like to be a, a specialist on uh, medieval art or something like that, but I, I can't be a specialist in everything. And uh, it happens that I decided I would, I would like to pursue the UFO mystery. But I think a lot of people are in that situation. It's, it's a, uh, something they're vaguely aware of, partly because of all these stupid cartoons, and uh, and a few stories that have been in the news, and not very many for long. Well, let's see. We do have the the Air Force guys that just uh, had their press conference and told about the the missiles that were put out of uh, uh, effectiveness or whatever. They uh, up in Montana and it went back 30 years or more, but at least we have had a little bit of publicity recently. Uh, but that was a nuts and bolts type thing again. There was a big UFO hovering over the the central base. You probably know more about it than I do, but I did listen to their press conference. Yeah, but it's again, it's a knee jerk reaction, uh, I think, by most people that we are dealing with extraterrestrials from off planet. It's the most convenient, and in many people's eyes, the most logical explanation. It lends itself to sound bites. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of little green men, now it's little gray men. So we've, we've yeah. progressed. 
we progressed in our color uh, scenario a little bit here, at least. Our perception of ET has become grayer over the years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get into the abduction thing because I know so little about it, but that's a big part of the phenomenon. The, you mentioned the little gray men, and they're called grays, and they're the ones who show up in the bedroom in the middle of the night and haul the poor victim off onto the spaceship and then bring them back after they're through with them. And, um, but they're always the grays, and uh, nearly always. And then they may be typical humans in other cases that are seen. And again, I, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they could all be skinwalkers. That is, they could be manifestations that are produced, disguises by the uh, whatever the intelligence is that's directing it. And I think that's one thing that's pretty clear. There's an intelligence directing it some way. Tricksters. Tricksters. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's definitely an element of, of trickery involved. I've always found it interesting that prior to Whitley Strieber's book, Communion, and uh, with, with a few rare exceptions, uh, primarily uh, reports of diminutive grays with almond, big almond-shaped eyes were yeah. the exclusive... Uh, with the exclusive property of the United States. And I find it interesting over the last uh, 25, 30 years that we now have grays being reported in uh, all over the country uh, in the 60s and 50s. In South America, you never hear reports of little grays. They're mostly hairy dwarves. Uh, in That's Russia, right. you have their own, they have their own sort of cultural sort of version of uh, these beings. Uh, it, it seemed to be more of a subcultural interpretation until we get into a worldwide mass media scenario yeah. where where you have rays reported all over the all over the world and, and and I think that not enough work has been done I think sociologically uh, looking at that particular phenomenon you know I wanted to ask you before we go on there Dr. Salisbury do you think maybe the phenomenon kind of alters itself to sure. what our culture is like or our culture just allows us to see something in a different way. We see it based on what our conditioning might be. So now we expect E.T. not to be blonde Venusians with silvery suits like, of course, Michael Rennie in the movie Day the Earth Stood Still from 1951. We expect gray aliens. That's a great movie, incidentally. It is. The remake yeah. sucked. Yeah, well, you're basically uh, saying what I might have said, and uh, uh, namely that there's at least two possibilities in this whole deal, and and one is that it's the collective consciousness, the the mind, that it's all psychological, and people expect to see grays, and so that's what they see. And of course, the alternative is that the intelligence, whatever it is, the aliens, I never know what to call them. Uh, the others. The others. They. Uh, <laughs> They determine what we see, and they either alter their appearance or send in a different squadron or something. But Valet, uh, uh, of course, made that point very strongly back as, as early as the 60s. Um, the, uh, the common example is the spaceships of 1897, 98, I think, right in there. Um, as I'm sure you know well, uh, people, uh, there were, what, a couple of hundred documented c 
cases of people reporting these spaceships, and they basically fit the science fiction version of spaceships that was common at that time. And uh, mm-hmm. we now know that they wouldn't fly, and <laughs> uh, at least I, not I love the, the descriptions of the big clanking steam engine uh, machines yeah. on the outside of the of the blimp-looking yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> ships. And oftentimes um, they would be seen on the ground having tinkering with them because they needed to be repaired. Uh, some of those details yeah. are very fascinating. Well, you know, ships, of course, had serious problems, especially in those days, you know, until they got the internal combustion engine. You know, that's it. Yeah. Now, of course, they use hybrid alien spaceships. You know, you know about the hybrids, of course. You know, we have a Toyota Prius. They have an E.T. Prius. You know, because it was made with alien technology. I'm starring a whole mystique here, by the way. Yeah, you know. yeah piloted by human-alien hybrids. <laughs> That's right. Well, and then we get into the discussion we had before you joined us, Dr. Salisbury, about some people who believe there are human-alien hybrids and that E.T. may be coming here to see a new race because their race is dying. They basically don't have uh, fertility issues anymore. They the women or females of their species don't give birth, so they have to, you know, mate with the daughters of men. And we're going into a very wide-ranging picture here. Dr. Frank Salisbury is our guest this week. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. For 58 years, fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal, like angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To receive your complimentary fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Hi, this is Tamar from Namecheap. We're a domain name and web hosting company, and we really care about our customers. With domain name purchases, Namecheap offers free SSL and free WhoisGuard for a year to protect your identity from spammers. Most importantly, we care about you. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at radio.namecheap.com, radio.namecheap.com for web hosting and domain name specials. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Namecheap or become a fan of ours on Facebook at facebook.com slash Namecheap. See you online. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is heart and body extract. My name is Fan, and I'm 68 years old, and I live in Vermont. In the spring of 2003, I started to have problems with my heart. It felt like my heart was pounding. It made me feel breathless. I tried many, many different things to try to get some help for myself. Nothing did anything. Heart and body extract is very powerful, very effective, and works quickly. I saw one of Sharon's ads and ordered heart and body extract. I noticed a difference quickly, within days. The episodes became less frequent, and by a month, they completely vanished. Usually, you find a 30-day or 60-day guarantee. Heart and Body Extract comes with a lifetime 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. 
Good day, Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, November 12, 2010. Gold opened this morning at 1388.20. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1424.12, 7.1206 for a half ounce, or 356.03 for a quarter ounce. That's 1424.12, 7.1206, or 356.03. Again, the Congressional Budget Office sounds the alarm, warning of Greek-style U.S. debt crises. CBO is drawing a parallel between U.S. economy and the Greek economic meltdown. Debt to GDP climbing to unfamiliar territory and deficits rising to unsupportable levels. Hi, Ted Anderson. The Federal Debt and Risk of Financial Crises document the CBO has published is a must-read for every American. Covering the risks of deficit spending, aging population, and rising interest rates spells economic disaster. Call today at 800-686-2237. I'll send it free. Again, call 800-686-2237. Ask for the CBO document. Call 800-686-2237. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at crossbreedholsters.com. Don't forget crossbreedholsters.com Going solar for cheap is as easy as one, two, three. If you want to go solar but thought the setup costs were too high, now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200. Don't laugh! We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch our introduction video at 123cheapsolarvideo.com The video is free, but it won't last long. Save money on electric bills and get off the grid. Go to 123cheapsolarvideo.com right now. Our website again is... 123cheapsolarvideo.com America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com. Dr. Frank Salisbury joining us this week. I'm Gene Steinberg. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. You're in the Paracast. Okay, so let's look at that one aspect that, of course, may explain why maybe governments are afraid to reveal what's going on. The impact, of course, to global society, to the various industries, energy industry, if it was a physical phenomenon, but also to world religions. And as a religious man yourself, how do you reconcile your beliefs with the presence of some other kind of species, even if it's from another dimension? Well, that's another tough question, of course. Uh, And I've worried about it, thought about it a lot. That was uh, one of the main reasons that I decided I had to back out because uh, I was thinking of of conventional explanations based on uh, our theology, our LDS theology. And that involved uh, the city of Enoch and uh, the ten tribes that may have been taken from the earth and might be coming back. And it bothered me that I was... uh, tending toward those thoughts. As I've got back into the field, I can't avoid the religious things, but I don't have to pin it down to our specific theology anymore. 
Actually, uh, the thing is, uh, the experiences that people have been having that indicate another dimension or in a parallel universe or whatever the heck you call it, and I don't know what you call it for sure. I mean, you, you can call it something, but I don't know what it is. But for a long time, many religions have talked about nearby entities, which they called angels or demons or whatever. And uh, the resurrected Christ, according to the book of John, uh, appeared in a locked room, uh, even though he had a tangible body that uh, he asked the disciples to come and feel and check out to see that he really was tangible. And um, all those things kind of relate to the UFO phenomenon, but uh, there could be an evil side to it, too. And, of course, we've talked about uh, Satan and the devil and demons and such, and some people have used that as the answer to the UFO enigma. Um but I see it as partly as an answer to this idea of um, there is a, another parallel universe. The Russian astronaut went up there and said, uh, there isn't any heaven. I was up there and I didn't see it. Well, we don't see it, but that doesn't mean that uh, it isn't there. It's It's been there traditionally for millennia. And uh, now the kind of events that are being described uh, to me, uh, support the existence of, of another parallel universe, if that's what you want to call it. Up until I got uh, worrying about these things scientifically and from the standpoint of UFOs, I might have called it heaven or paradise or something like that. Well, then conversely, you also have, uh, for instance, the, uh, the Islamic tradition, which talks about the jinn. And uh, yeah. they have a, a, an amazing variety of types of different different types of jinn. I think there's 12 different varieties. And they, they have a whole social structure. They have a lifespan. They have communities. Uh, I find it interesting as you go around the world and look at other cultural interpretations of the unexplained, there's an interesting cultural bias and even a subcultural bias that uh, does tend to have some sort of underlying thread of commonality. And that commonality is that these, uh, these beings uh, have the ability to shapeshift. They have the ability to uh, disappear and appear at will. They have the yeah. ability to influence human behavior. Um, these are all elements that uh, I think the nuts and bolts crowd tend to gloss over and forget and uh, right. put the blinders on and, uh, you know, really go with their own subculture, subcultural programming that they've been front-loaded with. What do you think about that? Sure. I think that's a, a kind of an obvious thing. A, a question that surely should come up, if there are all these manifestations, contactees and so on, that we used to call them, apparently the term is dropped out of use a bit, I'm informed. What do a couple of religious guys like Junior Hicks and me, um, what do we make of all that? Are we believing in a, a God in heaven and so on that doesn't exist, but is part of the UFO manifestation? And that's an important question to us. And uh, uh, Mike, and, uh, you just have to kind of look at the fruits uh, we see a very positive kind of a theology that has developed and uh, since uh, the organization of the church in 1830. 
that satisfies us and that makes sense and that uh, has aspects of it that uh, are deeply spiritual. And so that's where we end up. But it's surely a problem. Um, if you're honest, you have to admit that uh, there's a big question as to uh, what is valid and what isn't. I think there's a tremendous amount of paranormal experience out there that is generated to deceive us. And uh, But I have to conclude that at this point that uh, the religion I pursue is not part of it. Well, Moroni, uh, in the appearance uh, to John Smith in upstate New York, uh, in some Those ways, are. could be interpreted as, as a, a potential uh, visitation uh, by some sort of other life form, like an alien uh, contactee uh, would describe sure, uh, yeah. 100, 100 years later. Uh, right. what, what is the thinking within the church about the actual possibility that uh, the, the whole LDS movement uh, was started by some sort of potential uh, other uh, interaction with, uh, you know, a treasure hunter in upstate New York? Well, I don't think the church. Uh, the church probably wouldn't thought. like that. I'm not sure they're deeply aware of it. I'm aware of it because Jacques Vallée brings it up and John Keel brought it up. Um, and like I say, that's that's a question. Uh, I've studied, well, I've read a very detailed life of Joseph Smith that came out a few years ago uh, by a, a Columbia historian, Richard L. Bushman, and uh, he's now at uh, in Pomona at oh the Claremont Graduate School. And it's a very scholarly thing, and and uh, there's many 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 more details to the picture than, well, people like Jacques Vallée and John Keel are aware of. And it, and it isn't a simple thing. That, uh, uh, Joseph had his shortcomings, but he produced an incredibly complex body of, of information, knowledge, whatever you call it. The Book of Mormon itself has been studied in intricate detail, mostly by LDS, who are defending it, uh, we're a little bit troubled by the fact that the, the debunkers uh, haven't looked at it closely enough. Um, and it seems to hold up pretty well. I'll tell you what, we'll get into more of this and the religious implications in a moment. We have Dr. Frank Salisbury, the co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. 
before you purchase any water filters, you should know there's a superior American-made water filtration system available. This water filter's housing is made of high-quality stainless steel, and its filters outperform all others in the industry and are the only ones that exceed EPA standards. It's a gravity-fed water filtration system requiring no electricity or plumbing. It removes chlorine, chemicals, and dangerous biological pathogens, producing quality drinking water for less than two cents per gallon. Plus, its filters can be cleaned up to 200 times. What is it? It's the Aqua Rain. Owning an Aqua Rain means you own the best money can buy. Learn more and see other quality emergency preparedness products at myaquarain.com. Use the GCN code and you'll receive the book Do-It-Yourself Emergency Preparedness absolutely free. To order, visit myaquarain.com or call 800-585-5077. That's myaquarain.com or 800-585-5077. I'm concerned about food for my family in the event of an emergency. And I know you are too. Are you ready? Don't wait for an emergency to happen. Put a plan together now with quality dehydrated food from Ready Reserve Foods. For nearly 40 years, Ready Reserve Foods has been in continuous operation canning the finest in dehydrated foods. Other companies just broker canned foods. Ready Reserve is the manufacturer controlling quality from start to finish with double enameled cans and nitrogen packing for maximum shelf life. Ready Reserve offers a balanced selection of fruits, vegetables, dairy products, proteins, and grains. Choose from a variety of pre-selected units or order by individual can to customize your own plan. When you purchase from Ready Reserve Foods, you are buying factory direct at wholesale prices. Call today for a free catalog, 1-800-453-2202 or visit readyreservefoods.com. Call 1-800-453-2202. Ready Reserve Foods, factory direct, wholesale pricing. If the cost of your prescriptions are getting out of control, you want to listen carefully to this. RxDrugCard.com is a simple, innovative program designed to give individuals the same purchasing power as large HMOs and insurance companies. As a member of RxDrugCard.com, you'll enjoy savings of up to 80% on all prescription medications at over 52,000 USA pharmacies, including Walmart, Walgreens, and Eckert's. Don't risk ruining your health by using cheap, counterfeit foreign drugs. This program provides savings on safe, genuine, FDA-approved medications medications with low membership fees, unlimited use, no age or income requirements, and coverage for all pre-existing conditions. RxDrugCard.com is an absolute must for anyone who pays for their own prescriptions. Enroll today for as little as $4.50 per month at www.RxDrugCard.com and start saving immediately. RxDrugCard.com is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit RxDrugCard.com or call 888-216-2461. That's 888-216-2461. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're in the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. We have just two more sessions with Dr. Frank Salisbury. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. So your position is, Dr. Salisbury, that your religious beliefs are not contraindicated by what's happening. It's a question that you have to wonder about, but I hang in there with the religious beliefs. They still make sense to me. They influence my life in the positive ways, and so that's where I stand. Uh, but I'm sure aware of the, uh, the questions that they bring up that the phenomenon of today brings up. And 
I guess that's not surprising. That, uh, the basic philosophy that we pursue is that uh, we Mormons, we LDS, is that there's uh, good and evil out there, and, and the evil will do all it can to deceive us and uh, take us away from the, the kind of life that would ultimately best, be best for us. And, and uh, so that's how we live with a lot of it. We also have a one scripture in the, in the Book of Mormon that has appealed to me uh, for many years now, and that says that uh, the Lord gives to all nations uh, what uh, he sees fit and uh, what can be best for them at the time and so on. And uh, I mention that because that would uh, explain the the variety of Buddhism and, and Mohammedism and Judaism and Christianity and so on. And, of course, we believe that uh, much of Christianity, Christianity went astray during the Middle Ages. Uh, I wouldn't try to defend all of Christianity by any means, but I would defend the, the fundamental revelatory foundation upon which it is built. Man, how's that? <laughs> that was pretty succinct. You want to pick yeah, up on I, that one, Gene? <laughs> no, I'm going to let you follow through with that. <laughs> well, again, I, I, I really have a sense that, uh, you know, belief is an intensely personal thing. Um, I, right. I think when you collect together uh, believers uh, that you tend to have a perfect scenario, as um, you know, Jacques Vallée very insightfully pointed out in Messengers of Deception. Uh, you have a, a perfect formula for control, societal control. Uh, organized religion, obviously, uh, could potentially be used as a as a very effective uh, societal control mechanism. I also think that the the idea of uh, extraterrestrials or, or others uh, visiting us and manipulating us for purposes as yet undetermined can also be used as a control mechanism. And that brings up the whole subject of the government. Uh, I've heard rumors that um, the government is, is very interested in potentially in purchasing the, uh, the ranch from uh, Robert Bigelow up in in the Uinta Basin. Uh, have you heard anything about that? And have you looked into the role of the government in the Uinta Basin? I have not in any kind of detail. Junior, uh, my collaborator, Junior Hicks, uh, would probably be intrigued by that idea. Well, he, I think he probably holds to that idea. That well, we're going to have to have Junior on the show. <laughs> yeah, you need to have him. He's a good guy. Um, we don't agree on everything, but uh, basically he's a good guy, and we do agree on the overall picture. Um, we have uh, this one case that came up just as, as I was writing the last version to the manuscript in which this uh, guy comes out at 5 in the morning from his... Uh, place there where he's working on a night shift up by the um, Bottle Hollow Reservoir, and he sees this UFO coming by, and behind it are two Black Hawk helicopters pursuing it, and the UFO dives into the reservoir, and the 
helicopters circle for a while and then take off and and uh, after they take off the UFO comes up out of the water and goes off in some other direction uh, I don't know what to make of the story because it's a single witness he's happy to let us use his name uh, we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago again uh, I did along with Jacques Vallée and Junior before that he had told the story only to Junior uh, I've got it on page 149 or something in our book and no, no, is this I don't know what to make event? of it, but uh, if it has any semblance of truth, it shows that the government is very, very closely involved, because these two Blackhawks were pursuing the UFO. Now, is this uh, a, how recent of an event is this? That was a couple of days before Thanksgiving, the last Thanksgiving, so it's just a little less than a year old. Because yeah, there was a lot of activity going on November through February, if uh, my sources up there are correct. There's a lot yeah. of stuff going on in that area. Wouldn't be surprised. Of course, another investigator who's had a longtime interest in the case there, Ryan Layton, um, yeah. has documented quite a number of cases of uh, unmarked, what appear to be unmarked convoys of government-type vehicles seen uh, zipping around the area up there. Um, you know, unusual vehicular traffic, unusual aerial traffic that does, that on the surface has the appearance of apparent government interest in the area there. But uh, have you heard any rumors of, uh, of the government being interested in actually acquiring the ranch? No, I haven't. This is the first time I've heard of that. It's most interesting. Yeah, that's something to keep your ears open about, uh, although I'm sure yeah. it would be tough to wrestle it away from Bigelow, uh, you know, <laughs> with no his, his long-standing interest there. Well, two words, eminent domain. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> or, you know, like they say in The Godfather, I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to find the price. For well, it'd the, be a little, it might be a little difficult to prove eminent domain. Um, but who knows? The government's pretty powerful when it wants to be. Right. Now, the underground scenario is something that we touched on briefly uh, a while back here. What uh, what sort of rumblings have you heard, pardon the pun, uh, concerning underground uh, scenarios that may be somehow uh, involved there? You know, of course, we do have at the south end of the basin, uh, towards the uh, you know the, the the border area Baxter Pass area there with Colorado we have quite a uh, gas and uh, oil field uh, lots of yes, uh, drilling going on um, have you uh, come across any I guess tantalizing evidence that would suggest that we are dealing with something underground I haven't uh, junior would defend that um, He's, uh, I've heard him uh, defended directly and positively. He thinks that uh, there's some kind of underground activity on the ranch. I have just one little point to contribute. The Skinwalker book says that uh, when the ranch was bought from the, from the Myers, uh, there was a clause that said uh, no digging. Well, uh, Garth Myers chuckles when I say that and he says well, well there was a clause that says if you dig for oil 
you have to inform the previous owners. And that's a common clause when a ranch is sold in the Uinta Basin because oil is so important. So uh, take that what you, for what you want. I, I definitely have the feeling that uh, I want to say Kelleher and Knapp, but... Uh, um, but I don't know who to blame. But, I'll tell you uh, what, we might have to bring George Knapp back on the show. He's been on a couple of times. And maybe yeah. we should present this entire scenario to him and get some kind of comments from him about what's going on. We're going to have one more segment with Dr. Frank Stylesbury. And he's a longtime UFO investigator, and he's still at it. You know, he's still alert, bright, and pursuing answers hoping they'll lead somewhere our co-host is chris o'brien i'm gene steinberg you're in the paracast Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. Before you throw away your used batteries, you need to listen to this. Now, going green can save money. Go green and save money by giving life to your used batteries by charging them with the Renaissance Charger. The Renaissance Charger uses a new revolutionary battery charging technology that effectively extends the life of new batteries and gives new life to used batteries. Invented by legendary audio genius John Bedini, this unique and patented charging system rejuvenates the electrochemical plate structure in the battery without additives, increasing capacity and maintaining cell integrity. Renaissance Charge offers a full line of products made in the USA for all types and sizes of batteries. Find out why our customers tell us the Renaissance Charger is the only battery charger they will ever use. Save your money. Save the environment. Visit us online at r-charge.com. That's r-charge.com. Or call us at 208-772-4514. That's 208-772-4514. Be a part of the revolution today. Alex told you the government announced recently that the recession is over. It ended on June of 2009. The millions of Americans unable to find work might not agree. Perhaps the recession ended for the bankers and government employees, but for the rest of us, things seem to be getting worse. Gold and silver haven't heard the news either. They've begun their long-expected journey to the moon. In addition to converting your shrinking dollars into gold and silver, you should consider a food savings account from eFoods Direct. They both make fabulous investments. 
Food is our greatest dependency, and we know it will be more precious than any financial resource. You and your family need food to survive a crisis, and you can't eat paper, stocks, or metals. Alex has been urging you to invest in delicious, easy-fix meals to enjoy now or save for long-term. This will freeze the cost of your food while you can still afford it. Visit eFoodsDirect.com on the Internet or call 800-409-5633. That's eFoodsDirect.com or 800-409-5633. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy flew away elderberry liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. Also on super sale, olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible respirate formula, oregacillin physician strength capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at HerbalHealer.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at HerbalHealer.com. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. You've entered another dimension. You've entered the Paracast. In our final segment, Dr. Frank Salisbury joins us for a rare radio appearance. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. I have to thank Chris for finding Dr. Salisbury and setting him up for the show this week. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Paracast. We have maybe another 10, 11 minutes left, Dr. Salisbury, so maybe I wanted to go to the focus. Governments around the world are releasing UFO sightings. We don't see that kind of activity in the U.S., But do you think the government knows about the complexity of the UFO mystery, or are they just mystified? I resisted for a long time the idea that the government knows about the complexity, but it seems like we're just pushed more and more and more in that direction. And I I would say that I believe, which is a matter of faith without knowing, that indeed the government, uh, some part of the government, knows a whole lot about it. How could they help it? Uh, so many books have been written, do they just ignore them all? Heineck uh, thought that uh, the people at Blue Book were just stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just ignoring things because they figured oh, there can't be any such thing. And so they uh, they just read it, or wrote it off without knowing anything about it. And I I worked very closely with uh, NASA for 30 years, 31, no more than that, 35 or so. I started in Colorado and and uh, continued with NASA grants and, and contacts uh, until uh, I retired in 1997. And uh, 
like I mentioned earlier, I, I gave some uh, gave talks to NASA groups and and they enjoyed them and didn't make fun of me and that's uh, so why I talked about UFOs and uh, I even went so far as to say, would you fund a grant if I came up with a good proposal? And they said, well, we take a good look. Old Dick Young, I remember saying that. But on the other hand, uh, the NASA biology division was. Uh, uh, not necessarily very close to whoever might be investigating UFOs, and so I, I don't have any any direct knowledge. But I did get the impression that um, whatever the negative outlook was, it was mostly based on ignorance. They, they didn't know the facts, and so they uh, wrote it all off. And I, th- there are skeptics out there now, um, of course. I subscribe to the Skeptical Inquirer. And it's kind of interesting to uh, see how they they uh, investigate some old sighting and explain it and write it off, just like good old Philip Plass did for so many years. Okay, so therefore, um, let's get to the case here, the long and short of it, because we only have a few moments left. Okay, so you don't think the government's in touch with E.T. or them, whoever they might be, that they're maybe hiding something secret like the wreckage from Roswell? You don't believe any of that? I will avoid the word belief. I just don't know. Um, it's possible. There's a, it's certainly possible, but I don't have enough information to make a, a solid a conclusion about it. I think my gut feeling is... That it's not true. The um, uh, having wreckages from saucers and so on. I I don't know that, but that's a gut feeling. I don't know. Um, Bob Lazar, I guess, is the guy that uh, told us about the saucers down under Area 51. And uh, he's probably been on your program several times. No, he hasn't, actually. We've never invited him on. We've thought about it. But I thought, you know, maybe if we are going to have him on, we'll have him on with George Knapp because George Knapp knows him. And we can focus on this. But, you know, people have disputed whether he worked for the government at all. And that's right. The only thing I've seen, if I recall, this is maybe a W-2 that says he earned like a very small amount of money like you would earn if you work for the government for four hours or something. Yeah. (laughs) There's no real indication that anything he says is really true, although George Knapp believes it. Yeah. Well, what I heard also was he said he had degrees from MIT and Caltech and that that just uh, that's something you can research and it turns out to not be true. I I think his credibility is uh uh very much in question. Uh and if we accept it our credulity is uh, at a high le- rate at <laughs> a high level. Um I don't know. I I'm very skeptical of his stories. We know that Area 51 is for real. I have a neighbor who spent 20 years as a aerial traffic controller out at the Salt Lake Airport, and he told me how um, they were uh, informed that no plane should get near the area. And uh, we all know that the U-2 and a couple of things were indeed uh, developed there, but the idea that they're underground labs with uh, bodies of extraterrestrials and so on that's that's pretty tough for me to grab i i just uh, uh i can't disprove it but i just don't believe it how's that 
Well, maybe Area 51 is simply a place to use as a staging ground to test secret military aircraft. It has nothing to do with ET, has nothing to do with strange phenomena of any kind. Well, that uh, that's would be the way I feel about it. But okay, like so say, all the people who are begging for disclosure, there's nothing to disclose then, right? Oh, I think there's a lot that could be disclosed, but I don't think it's uh, crashed saucers and such. I think it's uh, a different attitude toward cases that have been uh, reported and studied by the by the government. Well, does the government, at least in the U.S., even investigate the things anymore? I don't know, but I think it's it's very possible. I have one little story. An ex-secretary technician that I had uh, was married to a man who uh, worked for the Air Force during the 50s and who was very secretive and would not tell her what she what he was doing and uh, took many trips to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and uh, got so upset that he had nervous breakdowns and... and uh, became alcoholic and led to divorce and that you know I, I put so much faith in her because I know her and liked her and she was a great lady uh, that the story is kind of credible to me and, and it doesn't prove anything but but the obvious conclusion is he was working on this uh, UFO business in the 1950s I mean that's the obvious implication I shouldn't say conclusion I don't know what the conclusion is how are we doing? We're doing just fine. We're almost done, so we're going to have to let you leave the building with Elvis very soon. Now, you're still active in UFO research after all these years. The book then is a new edition of Out, by the way. It's called The Utah UFO Display, A Scientist's Report. Do you have a website or something where our listeners can check you out? Yeah, I do have a website, and it's called uh, the Utah. It's, it's called UtahUFOdisplay.com. My son set it up. <laughs> All right. He's even web savvy. That's great. That's, that's, uh, I see that's here it gives the introduction, a sample part of the book, gives you a lot of information about the Utah UFO display and Dr. Frank Salisbury's ongoing research. Do you have any lectures or public appearances we can check out? No. I kind of wish I did. It helps sell the book. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'll tell you what we'll do. We hope that we can sell a few books for you. We're happy to do it. And what we're going to do is when people see your name on the Paracast.com and when they click on your name, they will go right to UtahUFODisplay.com so they can check more information, check your blog, and maybe get in touch with you if they have more things to check out. Chris O'Brien, tell us in 10,000 words or less what you're up to these days and where they can find more of the things that you do. Yeah, well... I do have a website as well. It's OurStrangePlanet.com. It is a strange planet. It's Our Strange Planet. Um, it is pretty much my entire database is there, and you can get all sorts of DVDs and books and uh, goodies about my work there. We'll have to look forward that, to that. He's also, a, by the way, a moderator yeah, in the Paracast say. forums, and he takes all the guff. Him and Angelo and Ron take all the guff from our members and our listeners. A special thank you always for Chris O'Brien for arranging great guests for the show. Dr. Frank Salisbury, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Paracast. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. 
is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.